0: Hi, I'm Ewan Blakey, Senior Pastor of Oasis Church. I hope this message gives you hope and helps you take your next step on your Christian journey. We'd love to invite you to come and see us in person at 10 a.m. on Sundays or join us live every Sunday on YouTube. For more info, visit our website, oasischurchperth.com. All right, so we are in the, the beginning of this new series, this Advent series that, we're, that we've called Jesus, who is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world, and I'm going to get into that in a little bit, little bit more detail in a sec. Um, but Advent, we're talking about Advent, and Advent um, can be translated into coming or arrival. So it's the arrival of something, the coming of something. The pre- and, and so fully arrival, you've got to prepare, right? You've got to get ready for something. You've got to prepare your minds and prepare, like, get the work done to be ready. Um, and so when it comes to Christmas, we're, we've got preparations to, to organise, haven't we? We've got Christmas trees to assemble. I don't know what was going on in your household, but about two weeks ago, Chris, Christy was like, right, you know, hands on hips, you know, I've got to, get, got to do something. I'm going to be told to do something any second now. Yep, okay, I've decided today's the day we're going to get our Christmas tree out. And after much eye-rolling, I finally decided, okay, I'm going to go with this. I'm not going to complain and grumble. So crawl down under the house, pull out that Christmas tree, get that thing set up. Put on some Christmas music for us in our household. It's like, you know, Amy Grant or Bing Crosby, a little bit of the Booblay, the boob as we call him, Michael Booblay. The Christmas songs help us get into the festive spirit, putting up the trees, look, opening those boxes of decorations that have been gathering dust for a year, pulling them out, the kids are like, oh wow, remember this one? We made this one when you were just little. So we we go through that whole process of getting ready, getting our, our minds ready. And our dog, we've got this dog, she's a retriever. She's just about a year old and she just loves Christmas it turns out. She just loves that Christmas tree so much. That we came back the other day, and pretty much the bottom tier of all the decorations were like scattered all over the lounge room floor, throughout the house, outside, and there she is wagging her tail. I did good, I did good. I love this Christmas stuff. This is awesome. So delicious. So, um, how are you? How are you guys getting ready? Are you pulling out trees? Anyone here still get into the, the real living Christmas tree? You know, we've got, oh, we've got, we've got one couple who are willing to go and buy a real Christmas tree. More power to you guys. That's amazing. Um, but there are things that we've got to do, right, to get ready for Christmas. Um, and everyone's got their own set of traditions, their own things that you like to do every year. And that helps you get ready, It helps you prepare your mind, whether it's cooking in the kitchen too and the sorts of foods that you like to eat or even just thinking about what you're going to eat come Christmas. It's all about preparing yourself, getting ready for something, getting ready for something. Um, However, Christmas and the Advent um, season that we're talking about is not just about looking to the arrival of Father Christmas, is it? It's not just about looking at the arrival of, of elves. It's not about looking at the arrival of... Say sale, a Christmas sales and Black Friday sales and all that sort of stuff that goes along with it. Not necessarily bad in itself, but we are in church today to talk about one person and one person only, and that's Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> that's why we come to church, to, because we live in a world, right, that has its focus on a bunch of other things. And they might not necessarily be bad things, but we come to church. We are as a community. We come together to worship and to remember who it is that we worship, who it is we are looking at the arrival of, and that is Jesus Christ. Um, So let's do that. Let's do that. Um, Now, I was just doing a little bit of research about today, thinking about Christmas and the 25th of December. At some point in the history of the church, probably, you know, the early 500s AD, uh, the church in Europe probably got together and made a decision that christmas day was going to be on the 25th of december and it turns out one of the reasons that they thought that because i don't think that they they really knew when jesus was born but one of the ideas was well why don't we put the birth date of jesus who is the light of the world that date let's set that date as the dark in the darkest season at the dark when the the days are the most short why don't we put and celebrate jesus the light of the world in that darkest season and that's part of the reason why, and it made sense to those people in Europe because that was the darkest season, for us Aussies, doesn't really compute, does it? It's not really the darkest season at all, the sun's shining, everything's awesome, so it would have been best for us to have Christmas in July, maybe. But anyway, it is on the 25th of December. Um, and so over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at, and each single week, you'll see these four candles here, we're going to light a candle. And we're going to look at a different aspect of Jesus, the light of the world. And this week, we're going to be uh, lighting the prophet's candle. Next week, we've got the shepherd's candle. Then week three is the angel's candle. And finally, on week four, it's the Christ candle. So let's light this first candle. This is the prophet's candle. I'm going to light it right now. Hopefully, the air conditioner doesn't um, blow it out. It's really good to look at a flame. I don't know if anyone else likes looking at an open flame. I certainly get mesmerized looking at an open fire. Um, But as this candle is burning, I think it's quite symbolic because the prophets, when they spoke in the Old Testament, they often spoke to very deaf ears. Often they were the lone voice, just shouting something out and everyone's like, oh, don't listen to that crackpot, they're crazy, don't listen to them, they've got nothing useful to say. And perhaps a lot of what they had to say didn't seem relevant in its day. The relevance comes later, right? The relevance comes many, many years later. So just look at that flame as it's burning today. It's, It's a light. It was a lone voice in its time, maybe in a dark place, and seemingly inconsequential. However, the prophet's candle burns and burns for a reason. You know, God says... That he does nothing unless he speaks first through his prophets. So the prophet's voice speaks to herald what God is about to do. And so God speaks. And we're going to get into some of the prophecies that God spoke through his prophets before the arrival of Jesus Christ. So each week we're going to light this candle. And then on the 23rd of December, if you haven't got the memos already, it's going to be a Thursday night. We've got our Christmas service coming up. Starts at 6 p.m. It's going to be a great service to remember. We've got some Christmas carols. We've got our famous Oasis Children's Choir, which will be singing a special item. We've got apple spritzers and shortbread snacks to eat. We've got a bouncy castle. It's going to be a great celebration. So let's look at this prophet's candle. These prophets, we're going to look at specifically a prophet by the name of Isaiah who gave this word to the Israelites at the time. And he was speaking of something that was to come. Something that was to come that couldn't really be defined, even maybe by Isaiah himself. But I'm going to read to you first off, this passage comes from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. And he says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And we'll call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel, of course, means God with us. His name will be God with us. That's just, that passage on its own just makes you, like, it boggles your mind. How is that possible? And I think to myself, how would even Isaiah have any scope for what was to come? Can you imagine God giving you a message like that? There's going to be a Messiah who's going to come. He's going to be born of a virgin. His name will be Emmanuel. And that's the kind of sum of what he knew. He didn't know if it was going to be next week, next month, next year. Little did he realize that Jesus' arrival came 680 years later after he spoke that word. Can you imagine carrying a word like that through your whole lifetime? God said it. God said it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And it didn't happen in his lifetime. He just carried that word. He was that lone voice in the darkness telling everybody that the Messiah was coming. And everyone would have just waved their hand at him saying, you crackpot, you're crazy. Your words mean nothing. And yet, and yet 680 years later, Mary and Joseph gave birth. They brought that little boy in a dusty little town called Bethlehem. The light of the world was born. The light of the world was born. Here's another um, incredible um, passage that comes from Isaiah chapter 9. You know, and Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew highlights it. He, He reminds us. He goes, yes, don't you realize Jesus' arrival is the fulfillment of Isaiah's word. He was going to, the virgin shall be with child. That's what Matthew said. So he was pointing back to Jesus. Don't forget, guys, this was spoken about. Hundreds of years ago. So they, even the Israelites of the time, Jesus' time, they carried in their heart. Maybe one day the Messiah was to come. I'm going to read to you another in, in Isaiah 9, this famous passage. Um, and I, why don't we just all read it out loud together? Because I think it's got a lot of power to it. Let's read it together. Here we go. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders... will accomplish this the zeal of the lord almighty will accomplish this and i was um i was listening to mel she gave a a great talk to us this morning and she highlighted second peter 3 9 i just got to read it real quick the lord is not slow in keeping his promise the lord is not slow so 680 years to god is not slow as some understand slowness Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So God speaks his word and it comes to pass. God speaks his word. You can't be, you can't be more sure of anything in this world that when God speaks, he's going to make it happen. So God spoke that word and it, ha- and it happened. Jesus was born, he arrived on the earth, and yet he wasn't accepted. He wasn't faded. Everyone didn't celebrate and go, this is the one. Jesus is the one. Except a few voices identified that Jesus was the one. He was the fulfillment of these words. Why did did so many people miss Jesus? Why did so many people miss the fact that Jesus was the fulfillment of all these prophecies? And, you know, I've only picked two from Isaiah. But there are hundreds more that talk about Jesus' arrival many years to come. So why did all these people miss it? Well, I've got a couple of suggestions. The first one is the obvious one we've just been talking about. It's the passage of time. Time goes by and our expectation starts to go down, doesn't it? We get get inspo. We get inspired about something. We get excited about it. And then very soon after, even maybe the next day or the next week, I mean, it's hard enough keeping to a diet for four weeks. We're talking to, listening to Beck talk the other week. It's, it's hard enough sticking to a diet for four weeks, let alone waiting for hundreds and hundreds of years for a word to come to pass. And yet we have to, I mean, does God need to adjust to our timeline or do we need to adjust to his timeline? That's a question worth asking yourself. So just allow me to have a sip. There's one character in the, in the New Testament, there's a little story in Luke chapter 2 that we often gloss over, maybe you haven't heard this one before, about a character called Simeon. Simeon was a good man and he was waiting for the arrival of the Messiah. In fact, God spoke to him and said, Simeon, you're going to see the arrival of Messiah before you die. Wow, how awesome would that be? Maybe Simeon got that word when he was 17 years old. He's got no idea. He's got no concept of who this Messiah was going to be and when he would come. He just knew in his heart that God said to him that he would receive that. He would see the Messiah. He would hold the Messiah before he died. Can you imagine carrying that for so many years, carrying that promise in your heart for so many years Did God really speak to me? Was that really God? Was that just me kind of making something up? It was fantastical thinking, just believing that was a possibility. Maybe it was just pizza. Maybe it was just last night's falafels. Being willing to carry something for so long, believing and trusting. And it says that one day God said to him, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, go to the temple. That was the day that that Mary and Joseph... Jesus' parents took Jesus to the temple to have him consecrated. And there was Simeon in the courtyard seeing him. He just knew that Jesus was the one. God connected them. Talk about a divine appointment, like a divine, divine appointment. Actually, God connected him. He got to hold Jesus in his arms. That's the way when God speaks, he fulfills everything that he says he's going to do. We need to be careful we do not let the passage of time Allow the word that God has planted in your heart to grow dull. Just to kind of evaporate and go away. We need to kind of remind ourselves, what did God say? What did God say? Because he works all things together for good. Amen. Whatever he says he will do, he will do it. He's going to do it. And we need to adjust ourselves to what his timeline is. Not just accept what our time, what our expectation is. Okay, here's another reason why we miss it. Why we miss Jesus. Why those people, those Jews in that time miss Jesus. Because Jesus wasn't what they expected. He didn't come in the packaging that they thought. He looked different. He sounded different. He said things that were prickly and not what they wanted to hear. He came from the wrong, what they thought the wrong bloodline. They, They thought he came from the wrong side of the tracks he wasn't everything that they had built up this expectation like they thought they were going to get chris hemsworth as thor arriving on the scene and just breaking breaking skulls together they thought they were going to get william wallace just to kind of lead the charge and and just change everything like a like a warrior hero and they got jesus riding on a donkey boring They wanted something more fun, a little bit more fireworks. They wanted more action. And they got this Jesus character riding on a donkey, telling them that they needed to love one another, telling them that they needed to forgive 70 times, 7 times, telling them that that was better for them to serve than it was to, to rule and to lead, just turning the tables on everything that they thought was right and wrong. It's so easy for us to have in our, in our head a picture of what Jesus is supposed to be. Because we can fall into that trap just as easy. It's just as easy for us to have in our mind, in our head, this expectation. We want Jesus to look like a certain way. I mean, what's your Jesus going to look like? What does your Jesus look like today? What, what picture of Jesus do you have in your head? American Jesus? Consumer Jesus, baby Jesus, or baby cheeses, part-time Jesus, one out of four Sundays Jesus, Jesus on the sidelines cheering us on, giving us a boost when we need a boost. I mean, have we got a Jesus all wrapped up nice and tight in a bow that's going to suit our needs? Or are we willing to accept Jesus who's the raw, unfiltered Jesus, the real Jesus, Are we willing to allow Jesus to speak to us from unexpected sources? You know, when we build up a picture in our mind of what Jesus is going to be like and what he's going to say to us, this is what our minds do. We filter out everything that's outside of that picture and we discount it. "Ah, Not Jesus. That's not God. That's not God. That's not God. That's why we can so easily become, and we see it happening today with politics, we get so fixated on our heroes And we want them to say a certain thing. And anything outside of that is wrong. So we build this dichotomy of right and wrong so quickly and so easily. And so we, the risk is, the danger is, we run the risk of missing God. Just like those early Jewish leaders did. They missed it. Because he didn't fit into their picture. He didn't fit into what they thought was going to be right and wrong. So we need to be so careful because God will speak through whatever voice he wants to speak through. He will be quite happily speak through your annoying sister. He will quite happily speak through that obnoxious boss that you have. He will quite easily and happily speak through your difficult circumstances that you're going through. It's not always going to be from your favorite online preacher that you watch on Sundays. It's going to come from a different voice quite often in a voice and in a package That is disruptive and a package that you don't like the sound of. Because they're so annoying. But God wants to get under your skin and speak his words to you. Just like he did back 2,000 years ago. Okay, here's my final point today, church. The prophets spoke hundreds of years before Jesus' arrival and it built hope in their hearts. One day a Messiah is coming. One day, a Messiah is coming. And I know the passage of time was a long time. It wasn't just weeks and months. It was hundreds of years, 680 years. But Jesus came. He fulfilled that promise. He fulfilled that promise. He was coming. There is another promise that we're still waiting on. That's the one we've been talking a little bit about today. Not only was he going to come once... But he also said, I will return. I'm coming back again. I'm coming back again. And there has been a passage of time. There's been 2,000 years since Jesus spoke those words. So how are we going to think about that? We've been, it's just incredible how the service is run today. We've been highlighting, teasing out this thought of Jesus' return. Jesus is coming back. We still need to look in hope toward Jesus' return. It's so funny because I was driving um, to church this morning and Eliza sitting in the car next to me said, hey, Dad, do you know when Jesus is coming back? I'm like, what? Well, actually, I don't. I don't know. Normally, I've got an answer. I don't have an answer. I don't know when that's going to happen. In fact, if I was honest with myself, I would say, actually, I don't give that much thought. I don't think much about Jesus coming back at all. That's really interesting, isn't it? Are you willing to think about that again? Are you willing to put eternity back on the forefront in your minds and in your hearts? Because I think that begins to transform the way that we think. It transforms the way that we live our lives. And the things that seem to be important right today, you know, like getting the shopping done or getting the washing done, maybe aren't quite as important as the eternal perspective that God wants us to have jesus said i'm coming soon i'm coming soon maybe not on our timeline but he will return and if we're willing to carry that in our hearts again to believe again that jesus is going to return nothing is is truer if the prophet spoke and jesus came then how much is it true to believe that he is going to return again, just like the prophets spoke those words. Just like John, the disciple, the apostle whom Jesus loves, said those words in Revelation. Jesus said, I'm going to come back. I'm returning. I'm returning. And I think it's important for us at the beginning of this Christmas season, and I know there are hundreds of distractions for all of us, and we're all living super busy. You know, our calendars are jam-packed at the moment. But let's carry in that that in our hearts jesus the light of the world not only for his arrival in a manger but also his arrival again as king he's coming back he's coming back and god's speaking those words